thinking about it, and as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, you know, there's absolutely nothing in this book. Say that with me. There's absolutely nothing in the Bible that will condemn me or that I can't do. There is nothing in this book that will condemn you or that you can't do. Nothing. Everything in this book will encourage you, build you up, and help you to be the person that you need to be and make you happy in doing it. Did you know that? In saying that, the Lord dealt with me. Now, hold on to you. Stick your feet under the chair before I even say it. The Lord dealt with me this morning to talk about Proverbs 31. Totally different than you've ever heard it before. And you know how I know that? Because I wrote it myself. (laughs) So I know it's different. So don't be concerned that I rewrote the Bible and I'm trying to take from or add to the Bible. It's just going to be in my own words, okay? So don't go out of here and say she's trying to add to or take from, okay? I just want to do what we will do today before it's all said and done. We're going to read several translations of Proverbs 31, but we're going to end up with a modern-day Proverbs 31. And how it applies to you today. And the guys say, how in the world will that apply to me? Hold on. You'll see. It's going to be fun. Don't get quiet. God's fun. If you know anything about me, if it ain't fun, I ain't for it. Leave me out. And if you know anything else about me, if it ain't easy. You know, when God, when Jesus taught them in the Bible, think about the stories he taught them in the Bible. Plant a garden. Go fishing. Now, uh, go to the bank and plant your talent. Uh, what's hard about those stories? I got an echo now, Rob. Something changed on my voice. It's kind of not right. Uh, it bothers me. So I think I'm thinking about what I'm saying when I'm saying it, and then I'm saying it again. You're kind of, whoa, okay, here we go. Jesus teaches everything simple. And when he does, we understand it. And if it's not simple, I don't think it's God. I don't think you have to have 12 degrees behind your name to understand this book. If you do, he didn't write it for me. And he didn't write it for half the people in this room. How many of you have a doctorate? One? Two people in this whole room have a doctorate. So that means that God would have left out 99.9% of this room to be able to understand the Bible. I don't believe you have to be. The Bible said to come to him as a little child. Now, how many of you have ever seen a little child tear apart a toy to try to figure out how to work it? Okay. How many of you ever saw that child actually be able to put it back together? Huh? Very, very, very few of them actually desired to put it back together or knew how to put it back together. Right? 
but they could sure enough take it apart. And that's exactly what I think a lot of people do with the Bible. They take it apart and think they know how to put it back together like kids do with toys. And it ain't put back together right. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can dissect this book from top to bottom and all in between. But unless you look at it like a little child for its simplicity, the way that God intended it to be, you're going to mess it up. Because God is not an intellectual God. He's a love God. And unless you look at this book from the form of love and caring about people, you're going to miss the points behind it. And I ain't some um, theological person with 12 doctrines behind my name. So if you came here for that, you might want to find someplace else this morning. Brother Hagen said he knew a lot of people with a Ph.D. behind their name. Do you know what that means? Post hole diggers. Now, I might could get myself one of them. Post hole digger. I'm not saying it's bad to study the Word. I study the Word all the time, and I pray. But you know what? Sometimes when you do that, You get real theological, and when you back away from it for a few minutes, after you've done that, you think, whoa. And God says, this is really what I meant, when you know how to hear and hear. You got that all fixed up right, but God said, that ain't what it means. This is what it means. And it always is simple, because God is A simple, easy, my burden is easy, and my yoke is light. He doesn't mean for us to have to do all those things. So in saying that, that's the way I want us to look at Proverbs 31 this morning. People have looked at Proverbs 31 and thought that is one more unattainable block of Scripture. It is like impossible. There is nobody that perfect. There is nobody that good. So why even try? God didn't make anybody that way. But you know what? Okay, here, I'll just say it. Women can bring home the bacon. Janet's laughing at me over there in the corner. I know her voice. They can fry it up in a pan. What's the rest of it? And never, ever, ever let you forget that they're a woman. Right? Y'all never heard that? You have got to be kidding me. Where are y'all from? How old am I? It's an ancient Chinese secret. I got you. Ancient Chinese secret. No, and there's another thing. It says bloom where you're planted. And we should be blooming and flourishing. So let's read Proverbs 31 with no fear. Okay? Can we do it? I think you'll enjoy it. You know me. It'll be be fun. Okay. I don't think that Proverbs 31 is unattainable. I think God gave it to women, to ordinary women, but he is an extraordinary God. 
and he gives them the ability and the graces and the strengths they need. You cannot attain to anything. But with God, you can accomplish everything. Everything, and then some. You can reach anything you want to reach. But what happens is people start looking up here for their answers. And so long as you look up here for answers, you're going to fall. It's when you make the transition from looking up here for answers to in here for answers that you win and you succeed. And you can accomplish anything that you put your hand to. So put up Proverbs 31 in the King James and we'll just start at verse 1. You got time? All right. It's in the Bible, right? All right, and I didn't write it, right? It tells who wrote it. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his what? Mother. Mother taught him. These are the kind of things mothers teach their children. His mother taught him. Keep going to the end, guys. What? My son. And what? The son of my womb. And what? The son of my vows. Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that's ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as were appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands she plants a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her candle goes not out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid for the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells it and delivers girdles to the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. 
She looks well to the ways of her household and eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Isn't that just beautiful? Let's read it from the Amplified. Again, you got time? I could preach all day, but nothing's going to help you more than just the word. Right? Let's read it. The words of Lemuel, king of Massa, which, is the, which his mother taught him, What, my son? What, son of my womb? What shall I advise you, son of my vows and dedication to God? Give not your strength to loose women, nor your ways to those who and that which ruin and destroy kings. It is not fair for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to destroy, desire strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and what it decrees and pervert justice due to any of the afflicted. Give strong drink as medicine to him who is ready to pass away and wine to him in bitter distress of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty. Seriously remember want and misery no more. Open your mouth for the dumb, those unable to speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are left desolate and defenseless. Open your mouth and judge righteously and administer justice for the poor and the needy. A capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Who is he who can find her? She is far more precious than jewels. And her value is far more, is far above rubies or pearls. The heart of her husband trusts in her confidently and relies on and believes in her securely so that he has no need, he has no lack of honest gain or need and of dishonest spoil. She comforts, encourages, and does him only good as long as there is life within her. She seeks out wool and flax and works willingly to develop it. She is like the merchant ships loaded with foodstuffs. She brings her household's food from a far country. She rises while it is yet night and gets spiritual food for her household and assigns her maids their task. She considers a new field before she buys or accepts expanding prudently and not courting neglect of her present duties by assuming other duties. With her savings of time and strength, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. She girds herself with strength, spiritual, mental, physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong and firm. She tastes and sees that her gain from work with and for God is good. Her lamp goes not out, but it burns on continually through the night of trouble, privation, or sorrow, warning away fear, doubt, and distrust. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. 
She opens her hands to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her filled hands to the needy, whether in body or mind or spirit. She fears not the snow for her family, for all her household are doubly clothed in scarlet. She makes for herself coverlets, cushions, and rugs of tapestry. Her clothing is linen, pure and fine, and of purple, such as of which the clothing of the priest and the hollowed clothes of the temple were made. Her husband is known in the city's gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen garments and leads others to buy them. She delivers to the merchants girdles or sashes that free one up for service. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure. She rejoices over the future, the latter day, or time to come, knowing that she and her family are in readiness for it. She opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness, giving counsel and instruction. She looks well to how the things go in her household, and the bread of idleness, gossip, discontent, and self-pity she will not eat. Her children rise up and call her blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied, and her husband boasts of and praises her, saying, Many daughters have done virtuously, nobly, and well, with the strength of character that is steadfast in goodness, but you excel them all. Charm and grace are deceptive, and beauty is vain, because it is not lasting, but a woman who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates of the city. Are you learning something every time you read it? You're getting something more out of it every time you read it? Let's read one more translation, then we'll talk for a minute. Let's see, I think it is the complete English Bible. A contemporary English version. These are, are the, let's just start with verse 10 on this one. Save a little time. Give them a minute to get it up there. There we go. A truly good wife is the most precious treasure a man can find. Her husband depends on her, and she never lets him down. She is good to him every day of her life. And with her own hands, she gladly makes clothes. She is like a sailing ship that brings food from across the sea. She gets up before daylight to prepare food for her family and for her servants. She knows how to buy land and how to plant a vineyard. And she always works hard. She knows when to buy or sell. And she stays busy until late at night. She spins her own cloth. And she helps the poor and needy. Her family has warm clothing, and so she doesn't worry when it snows. She does her own sewing, and everything she wears is beautiful. 
Her husband is well-known and respected leader in the city. She makes clothes to sell to the shop owners. She's strong and graceful, as well as cheerful about the future. Her words are sensible, and her advice is thoughtful. She takes good care of her family and is never lazy. Her children praise her, and with great pride, her husband says, There are many good women, but you are the best. Charm can be deceiving, and beauty fades away, but a woman who honors the Lord deserves to be praised. Show her respect, praise her in public for what she has done. Now, honestly, for about five seconds here, how many ladies feel like that is just totally and completely unattainable? Be honest for just about five seconds. I know I did. For decade after decade after decade after decade after decade. It was like, there ain't nobody that good. That is like Mother Teresa good. For real. But do you know what? God would not put that in the Bible to make anybody feel bad or make anybody hurt or make anybody look down or let your husband make you look bad or have him be throwing things at you or, or making you feel like an inferior person. The reason that he would put something like that in the Bible is in my estimation, so that you would be able to see how good of a job you're doing. Because if you really look at that with today's standards, you will soon find out how good of a job you're doing and not how bad of a job you're doing. See, you're still real quiet because you don't believe it. But when we apply it to today's standards and what's going on in today's life, you will soon see that you're not as far away from it as you think you are. If you're a mom, number one, you probably don't have a choice but to accomplish a big part of these. And if you're still married today, you've done something right to accomplish a big part of these. Do you understand? I know. I grew up, my mom has gone home to be with the Lord. And I grew up probably in a different society. I was raised in the South. I was born in New Orleans. And so, uh, you know GRITS. You know what GRITS stands for, right? G-R-I-T-S. Girls raised in the South. See, I did teach you something today. (laughs) Grits, girls raised in the South. And, you know, we were taught probably different than a lot of people because that's who we were. My mother was a a Cajun lady and my daddy was a Mississippi boy and a Louisiana man, Mississippi woman. You know that song? Yeah. Okay. They sang it all the time, so I know it, you know. Um, We get together whenever we can. Mississippi River can't keep us apart. Where are... Okay, anyway, they played that on our stereo all the time, okay? They were, my mom raised me 
in such a way that you did not ever let anybody really, really, really know who you were. If something was going on in your life, no one ever knew it. But in today's society, if something's going on in your life, the world knows it. Because this one's talking to this one, and this one's talking to this one, and this one's talking to this one, and this one's talking to this one. There, it's, she raised us to where there was a self-respect to where you just shut your mouth. She didn't tell us to talk to God about it. You just shut your mouth. Which wasn't right either. But there was a level of respect in a lady that they were supposed to be a certain way, that you just didn't do certain things being a lady. You just didn't do them. And, you know, I've been surprised at how some things are done. You know, I, I, I left there and I went north and I thought, wow, I like this freedom. <laughs> you can just say and do whatever you want to do. But you know what? It bit me sometimes. Because I realized being a southern girl that zipped her mouth and didn't just say what she was thinking and didn't just do whatever she wanted to do was not a southern bell thing. It was a God thing. It was something that God had instated. It was the thing that God, you didn't tell people that you couldn't pay your bills and you didn't tell people that you were having trouble in your marriage and you didn't tell people what was going on with your kids and you didn't tell people all these things. But I didn't know why you didn't do it, but now I know why. Because we're supposed to get in faith and talk to God about these things. It's not just a a southern bell thing, it's a God thing. Because if you cast all your cares upon the Lord and he cares for you, he'll take care of these things for you. And you don't have to go tell your neighbor and your friend and your cousin and this one tell this one. And that's how come so many people are at odds with so many people. This one's their friend today and this one's their friend today and this one's their friend today. But then they tell them this and then they go tell this one because they're their friend and they're their friend. And then nobody's friends anymore. And, and people change friends like they do changing shirts. Because they thought they weren't going to tell anybody. Well, newsflash. If they told you their secret, they're going to tell your secret to somebody else. That's the way it works. And if they can't be confidential, not telling you somebody else's secret, you best not tell them your secret. Unless you want it plastered all over the front page of something. My mom taught me. Bless her heart, like I say, she's gone home to be with the Lord. But there was just lots of things she taught me, it being Mom's Day. You don't mind if I talk about Mom for a few minutes, right? My mom taught me I was raised in a family with two sisters, an older one and a younger one. And my mom taught me there was absolutely nothing I could not do. Now, my mom, we were raised, as you all know, Catholic. 
We didn't know the Bible just like we should. I mean, we went to, to Mass every week. I mean, we never missed Mass. But we didn't know the Bible like we should. And we didn't know the reasons behind why she taught us the things that we did. But she taught me to be confident. And that anything that I wanted to do, I could do. Now, I had absolutely no sense that it was because God was helping me, though. So I would fall on my face a lot. And I would try it in my own strength. And I wouldn't be able to succeed. That confidence comes from God. It doesn't just come from your mother. Mom can encourage you to do these things, but the thing that backs that confidence up and undergirds that confidence is greater than mom. It's the God that stands behind the words that mom is saying. And mom can say all sorts of things, but unless she's got... It's like a policeman. If you see a policeman standing out in the middle of university out here and five o'clock traffic is going in every direction and he just jumps right out in the middle of the street and he's got on his street clothes. Are you going to stop? You'll stop to keep from hitting him, but you won't stop and let him direct you and tell you what to do. Is that right? But what about if he's got on his uniform and he's got his whistle in his mouth and he says, stop. And he says, turn here. What will you do? You'll stop and turn there. But what if that same person has on ragged clothes, torn t-shirt, looks scruffy and hasn't had a bath, the very same person, and they jump out in that street and they hold their hand out in front of you and they say, stop, turn here. Are you going to stop and turn there? Why not? They have nothing backing them. There's no, no force behind them. The one has the, the power of the police force and the authority behind him backing him. Well, in order for mom's words to work, she needs something backing her. She needs something bigger than just herself saying, don't do this. Don't do that. Why don't I do this? Why don't I do that? Why do I behave this way? Why do I behave that way? I do it because I have an authority behind me. God gave me the place of being mother. Ephesians says, honor your father and mother. And it will go long, you'll have a good life, you'll enjoy life, and it'll go long with you. You'll have a a, a joyous, enjoyable, long life. You can have a long life and it'd be miserable. You don't want that. You want to enjoy life and, and be long at the same time. You don't want to just be going through life and be miserable and sick all the days of your long life. It's the first commandment with promise. So when you do that and you honor your mother and father, then you can enjoy a long, good life. But when mom says, do this, 
and it's got nothing backing it, then you have no reason to do it. Okay, tell me this. What age is a child? Did y'all go to sleep? Children. What, what age would you consider a child? 10, 11, 12, 17. What's the oldest? Let's put it this way. What's the oldest age anyone in here would consider a child to be? 16, 12. Anybody go for over 17? Anybody? How old? How old? I can't hear. What did she say, Rob? A child, the word child. They're still your, your children, but they're not a child. There's a difference between children and child, right? So child is what I'm talking about, not children, child. Anybody think older than 20, 17, 18, 20? Somebody thinks a child would be older than 20, okay? One person, two people, okay? My point is, and if you disagree, um, I'm be like Paul. You just have to follow your heart about it. I'm not God, but I know God. Okay? I don't think when you're 45, you're a child anymore. And you have your own marriage and your own five kids that God is talking about you obeying your mother when she comes to your house and tells you to do this. Huh? Or your mother-in-law. It said, children, obey your parents. It didn't say a 40-year-old adult with kids is supposed to have to do everything her mom said do. It said when you get married, you do what? You leave and you cleave. That's why there's so many problems today. It's because everybody's trying to intermingle their marriages in their homes and you can't have 12 people telling the family what to do. You got one head, daddy's the head, mama's the helper, and not the mother-in-law and not the mama of the mama. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings in here today. I'm trying to help you. Because that's the way God set it up. Children obey. It did say we were supposed to honor them. And it didn't say we were supposed to ever be disrespectful to them. And there's ways of doing it, but you don't just move in with her because she demands it. Or let her move in because she demands it. You be led on every situation. And you try to help them any way that you can. Don't misunderstand what I'm telling you, okay? Let me be very clear about a few things. I have a mother-in-law also. Okay? I 
take care of my mother-in-law. If her car breaks, I fix it. If her plumbing breaks, I fix it. If she has a light bulb go out, I make sure it gets taken care of. If her air conditioner goes out, I take care of it. If she needs a car, we buy it. If she needs clothes, we buy it. If she needs this, we take care of it. If she needs that, we... I have a mother-in-law. We pay all of her bills and all of her insurance. We take care of her. But she don't tell me what to do. And she don't tell me how to run the churches. Carrie, you think she'd get very far? I don't think so. My husband tells me what to do. And God tells me what to do. I mean, she tried it for just a little while, but she saw how far she got. It don't work. And I love her. I do. But it's just not the way God intended it. And my daddy is the same way. He's not my mom, but you know what? We take care of him. And we take care of his house. And we take care of everything he does. And it is the funniest thing. You want to hear a very funny story? They're both from Mississippi. And the town that they live in, one lives in the country part of the town and one lives in the city part of the town, maybe 20 miles apart. This happens. I don't want to make a confession for the future, but it happened every time. My mother went home to be with the Lord, and Keith's dad went home to be with the Lord. Well, since then, we've had them a house in Mississippi, and we had them a house in Branson, both of them. Well, I kid you not, when she decides she wants to be in Mississippi, he wants to be in Branson. So we have to go get the one in Mississippi, take them to Branson. When the one is in Branson and wants to be in Mississippi, the other one wants to be in Branson. And they never want to be at the same place at the same time. It's always two days apart. Do you get my drift? So don't get me wrong in thinking we don't respect them and take care of them and honor them because we do. I just spent a load of money for her Mother's Day present. We do take care of them, but that does not give her the right to come in and tell Keith and I where we should be, what we should do, what we should wear, who we should give to, uh, how we should raise kids, whatever. It doesn't give her the right to do that because we're not children anymore. Do you understand that? And I know I've got off on that subject and I had no clue. It's not in my notes anywhere, but somebody must have needed it. Love your mom. Love her with everything you've got. Do everything that you can for her. Love your mother-in-law. But they ain't the boss of you. If you're over probably 20 years old. And you probably shouldn't still be living with them. But now let me, let's add to it. If you're still living in their house and you're 45 years old, get a grip. (laughs) Maybe you should still be listening to them. You understand? Okay, let's go on. I promised you that we would look at what I wrote. Now, again, don't take this out of context and say Mrs. Moore went and rewrote the Bible. No, what I did was I wanted to say some things that might help you to understand you're more of a Proverbs 31 woman than you ever thought you were. 
because God has fixed you that way. He's graced you that way. He's given you the abilities that way. He's put things in you that you didn't know you had. And every day when you wake up, he gives you that ability every day to do things that you didn't know you could do. And I want you to notice them and just go, every time you you get one of them, just go like this to your husband. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Y'all are not having any fun. Jeez, it's supposed to be fun. It's not hard. Life should be fun. If you're not having any, you're serving the wrong person. Okay? So here you go. Don't don't write them down and don't tell nobody, and I may even destroy the tape. Okay? So here you go. (laughs) Who can find a godly woman? Her value is a rare find. The heart of her husband is completely secure and trusting in her. He could never be hurt by her words or her actions. Now, I'll stop and add to these every once in a while. In other words, she's not on the phone or with her girlfriends talking about something dumb he did or correcting him in a conversation. How many of you don't do that? See? Be, be smart. See, you can raise your hand. You're a, you're a Proverbs 31. Mark it down. I got that one. See? Uh-huh. You got number one. You got number two. All right. She's always looking for ways to make him feel loved and wanted and encouraged. She would never think bad things about him or do things to get back at him or punish him all the days of her life. The men are laughing as hard as they can. Did y'all get that? I got number three. Somebody say it. Come on. Yeah, there you go. There you go. She would never, okay, I'm just going to spell it out. How many kids have we got in here under 20 years old? Raise your hand if you're a kid in here. Okay. You're not really a kid. You're not really that young. (laughs) We got anybody? There's a couple that are a little bit young. She doesn't use sex as a weapon. You got it? I'll just spell it out for you. Spell S. I'll spell it. X. She doesn't punish him. You got it? If you're not doing that, then you got that number. How about that? There you go. All right. 13. She seeks drapes and bedspreads and decorates and keeps her home with joy. How many of you ever been shopping and bought a new bedspread? Oh, yeah, see there, gotcha. You got that one, didn't you? And decorates her home. Yeah, you got it. You got it. All right. 14, she's much like a grocer. Do you know what I'm talking about? Grocery store owner, grocer. She hunts the brands of food she needs to cook for him that he likes, even if it's from the World Wide Web. You get it. She brings her foods from afar. You ever done it? You ever got him anything off the web? Anything? Raise your hand. Come on, girls. Come on. You got it. You got that one, right? You're Proverbs 31. You're racking them up. Hey, they didn't have the web in those days. She, I mean, we don't use ships to bring our food from afar. We use the web and the mailman. 
Right? Okay, so you're, you're getting there. All right? She arises early enough to be sure the day's direction is received from spending time with the Lord. Their breakfast or coffee is ready, even though she's already had hers and it's kind of got cold, but she's got it out there. All right? And the kids' lunches are prepared and his is prepared. She's not scrambling about setting a frenzied tone for the whole day. How many of you get up early? Get things ready. Proverbs 31. Look at that. Proverbs 31. You pray. You get direction for what's going to happen that day. Proverbs 31. You're more of a Proverbs 31 than you ever thought. It's easier than you think. All right. 16. Okay, here's one you're going to like. She sees their home. She sets her faith to buy it. You remember what that one is? She sees a field. You remember that one? She sets her faith to buy it. Then when her faith comes to sight, she uses the extra money to plant flower gardens and trees. She's had her own ideas and hands to do. You ever done that? You ever seen a house and set your faith to buy it? You ever planted a flower bed? Huh? We don't plant vineyards today. You ever planted a tomato plant or a, any kind of plant? How many have ever done that? Use your faith. Oh, look at the Proverbs 31s. You're racking them up. See, the devil sets things to condemn us. He sets things to make us think we could never attain to things. But they're easier to attain to than you think. Using your faith to reach out to receive something. Using your faith to buy homes or to buy vehicles or to buy things is the things that he's talking about. We're getting somewhere. Okay, number 17. She exercises and works out and stays strong for the task. Oh. (laughs) Maybe we should have skipped this one. She's not weak or feeble or run down. Do y'all remember what that one was? Yeah. But then she even looks good. But not just physical, spiritual, and mental. She's ready for anything. Right? When she sits quiet before the Lord, 18, you know what you might do in the sound booth, instead of having my picture up there, you might put up the King James so they'll remember what they are on these verses. Might help them a little bit. There you go, 18. When she sits quiet before the Lord and sees what the Lord has blessed her with, she is thankful for all the good she has in her life. She stays up late to finish the needed task for the day, not begrudging the time she enjoyed with her family. How many of you ever stayed up after anybody, everybody went to bed to finish things that needed to be done? Oh, raise your hand up high. Raise your hand up high. I want to see all the Proverbs 31s. Look at you. You are. That's exactly what you are. The devil's been lying to you all along. That's who you are. Okay? Then, 19, she lays her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. 
She puts her hands, listen, listen, to the keyboard and pays the bills. <laughs> How many of you ever done that? Uh-huh, uh-huh, you thought. Uh-huh. Or mends their shirts or polishes their shoes or bakes a birthday cake. How many of you ever done those things? Raise your hands. Proverbs 31, ladies. I think you, I think you need to do this. <laughs> yeah, see? Uh-huh. 20, she always seems to know who is hurting in mind or body or sick in the church or the community and is quick to check up on them and love them and give them chicken soup or a new dress just for that special occasion or gas for their car or groceries on just the right day. You ever done that? Come on, raise your hand. We, we, we ain't quitting yet. We're not done. See, 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 see. We got more Proverbs 31 women in here than we thought we did, right? Lots of them. 21. She has no concerns for her own house because she knows she has sown. You remember the verse right before it? She knows she has sown. So they will have the very best to eat and where, no matter what comes, they are prepared. Because she's sown. How many of you have sown? Y'all, y'all, are, y'all are winning. These things are not as hard as the devil tried to make them out to be. You just got to put them into where we are today and who we are today. Okay, 22. Now this one, I have no doubt in my mind, every woman in here will be able to raise their hand. 22. She always looks her best, and the Lord helps her to shop and find the finest apparel. I thought we could get that one. And he knows she represents him because his works she declares. 23. Okay, husbands, here's your part. Her husband is known as he meets in fellowships with the leaders of our time, or the bosses, or his boss, or different people of our time. She makes deals and contracts and jobs and clothes and sells things to the buyers and to the merchants. Any of you have a job where you ever had to do anything that uh, was a part of, like, we give things away, but sell things or... Had to do a deal with anybody? Anybody, any woman in here ever? Look at, look at, there's hands all over the place. Okay? All right, then she, uh uh-oh, number 25. We we might want to skip it. Here's where we might run into a problem. We, We should have at least one we can work on though, right? Okay, 25. She never wears her feelings on her sleeves or is grumpy or mean. And would never be heard making a crude remark and looks with great excitement to the future and it makes her gleam with joy. <laughs> Let's not raise our hands on that one. Okay, we'll just skip that one altogether. All right, let's go on to 26. She thinks about what she's saying. And if it will encourage those that's hearing it. She never loses her cool when teaching or instructing. 
She does it with patience and kindness. She is alert and aware, and her home is working like clockwork. She's never wrapped up in laying around feeling sorry for herself or talking on the phone or watching soaps or just being lazy. We're going to skip that one too. I'm, just, I'm not even going to look. I'm just going to keep reading. Her children, here's my favorite one. Her children brag on her saying, my mom is the best. My mom is the best. Her husband, husbands, here's your test. Oh, we've been testing the wives all day. Okay, husbands, here's your part. Ready? Her husband tells all the other leaders and bosses and men, I have the best wife. One hand went up. (laughs) It's right there in the Bible. If she's got to do all these other things, right? Okay. Verse 29. There are many godly and working women in this world, but you, Missy, you outshine them all. Being a show-off is phony. You'll like this one. And looks depend on your plastic surgeon. these days but a woman who loves and worships God is one who will end up with all the praise she will live in the good fruit she has sown and her husband and her husband will tell all the amazing things the Lord has used her to do as he fellowships with the leaders of the land. Is that what it says? Who's sitting in the gates? If you read the few verses before, the husband is sitting in the city gates with the leaders. How many Proverbs 31 women do I have in here today? Absolutely. It's a lot easier than you think. Don't let the devil go around telling you that you're not graced and you don't have the ability to do what God's called you to do. Because you are. And you're closer to being exactly who God wants you to be than you think you are. We all got, if we had arrived, we wouldn't need the things of God. We haven't arrived. We should all be tweaking and getting better all the time. But we're closer than we were. You know, it's kind of like your house. If you let it go day after day after day after day and it gets really, really, really dirty, you really dread cleaning it, don't you? But if you kind of sort of keep it picked up pretty good and all you got to do is hit the highest points, you don't really mind cleaning it, right? That's the way it is with the things of God. If you kind of mostly get up there and you feel better about it, you can deal with the smaller things. It's just when you think you're so far down that there's no way that you can attain to something you don't even try. But you're further along than you thought you were. You are a Proverbs 31 woman. You're a godly woman. And the thing about it is, you don't have to do it by yourself. 
The greater one lives inside of you. And anything that you think you're trying to do by yourself, you'll fail. But anything you give him the ability to do within you, you'll succeed. And if you look to him, he'll give you the grace and the strength and the wisdom to do everything he's called you to do. He has never called anybody to do anything that he didn't equip them and finance them to do. So if your kids need new clothes, if your husband needs new clothes, then just go to the father and say, God, hey, they need new clothes. I trust you. I'm believing for it. And watch and see if God won't come through for you because he has graced you for this job, for this task, for this ability. He will come through for you because that is your position. It's who you are. He's given you the ability and the strength to do it. Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Lord. I know this was a little bit different today, but I think, you know, the devil tries to hoodwink people and tell them they just can't be nothing. But I think we can have the best, godliest marriages on the planet. And the devil can't win. If he keeps us defeated, he wins. How many of you before today thought Proverbs 31 for real was unattainable? I'll ask it again. Yeah. There's a lot more hands now that went up. I do. I think that the devil tries to put fear in people. But it's not a fearful thing. It's an easy, easy, easy thing. And we'll accomplish it with his help. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you for each and every person standing in this place, whether it be man that hasn't done his part or whether it be woman that hasn't been able to do her part, I ask you to give them the abilities and the strengths to be able to be the example for you because that's what we are, Father. Whether we want to be or not, that's who we are. We are your bright and shining light to the world, Father. And we don't want our candle to be uh, in a place or doing things that it shouldn't be. We want to be the light to you that we're supposed to be. So, Father, I just ask you to help us to be exactly who you've called us to be and put us in the places that you've asked us to be. Thank you for your graces, your abilities, and your strengths, Father, in Jesus' name. And I thank you again for all the mothers and all the things that they've stood for and done in this place today, Father. Thank you for your graces upon them. And I ask you to help them enjoy the day today with their families. In Jesus' name, amen.